What's up, Internet? You're tuning in episode 113 of Nintendo Noise, Slip Screen Games Weekly Nintendo Podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Chewy Plays. Goodbye, goodbye. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Chewy, because and I told everybody <laughs> in the Discord already, so I'm I'm parting the kimono on this one. It has been about 12 hours since you and I sat down and recorded <laughs> the first version of this episode. So we're yep. back again. You and I are both sleepy, but we are dedicated to the craft and to the audience. So we are here to, as best we can, recreate the same conversation, but maybe with a little bit more zaniness because we are loopy tired. Yep, of course. Uh, totally, totally messed up earlier I'm, i've been out of the game for a little while so look technical uh, issues abound you know you're uh-huh. trying to put the blame squarely on your shoulders i think at least half of it has to do with obs and computers being dumb uh, you know computers but guess what we're here we got a good episode ahead of us we got two major things to talk about of course super mario brothers wonder has just come out about a week and change ago chewy uh, has played the game. He has completed the game, and I wanted to have him on to share some of his thoughts about it with you guys. We'll check in on some of my updated thoughts. Mm-hmm. But before For we get into PlayStation it... fans, it's platinumed. Did it all. <laughs> Did it all. So, you, so you've you've got the screenshot then. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got I've got everything. I think we gotta we should take that little like animation that they play when you get a platinum, you know, and there's like a little, they make a little video that's like, look, you made it. And we'll just start splicing in Nintendo games. (laughs) See how long it takes people to notice. (laughs) Perfect. Before we get into any of that, we have another very interesting news story uh, to jump into here, which is uh, Nintendo has submitted patents for a new seemingly DS style console. Maybe it's a 3DS2, maybe it's a 4DS, maybe it's the, the, the Nintendo Dual Switch. The Dual Switch, you know, and it's just two <laughs> switches stuck together. Yeah, it's just glued on. But that last one actually seems like it's the most accurate because <laughs> if you look at this thing, it's a patent for a dual screen console that can be broken in half and become two separate handheld devices. And... It like you look at the pictures of it. I'll, I'll pull it up for the YouTube kids in a minute. Um, it looks a lot like a 3DS, right? Like it in in its overall shape, but it does have. I mean, aside from the fact that it can be split into two consoles that can be played by two different people, it also has uh, a touch screen on the outside of one of the screens. So theoretically, right? Like you could use that as a touchscreen while you're using it as a controller or when the device is closed, you could use the outside screen to continue to interact with it somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the last kind of like interesting tidbit is that it is seemingly a handheld only device. So what do you make of this thing? I called it. Like, year, way early into the Switch, I was just like, what is the most Nintendo thing that could happen? <laughs> and it would be that they have the Switch out. It's a hybrid console, but they still decide to just put out a, a dedicated handheld that does, I don't know. I don't know what it does different. It just, it just 
they just put it out on the market. It has it's something two they would do. screens that break in half and connect with magnets. What are you talking this, about? I feel like this, this has like three screens this time. That's true. And three, it, three dual screens is finally coming to fruition. Yeah, it, it almost is a bummer that they, they already used 3DS, you know, because mm -hmm. this is actually the third. I don't know. Here's the question, though. Because the 3DS, it was 3D on dual screens. This is the tri-screen. Do we call mm -hmm. it the I? I don't feel like the the thry screen or the tri, it doesn't sound as good as the dual <laughs> screen. You know, it's it's the three dual switches, right? Like the, they just want you to have three switches on you at all times. So okay, um, but yeah, no, maybe. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, this is just like it's one of those ideas where I feel like we get to see kind of like th this is the weird thing people were probably worried about for Nintendo's next console. You know, like what what are they going to do after the Switch? Like What's the Switch the feels like it gimmick? nailed it. it. Yeah, and then they're going to go full force on just like the most gimmick heavy thing possible. You know. Uh, because that's that's the way Nintendo rolls. Um, this this does yeah. feel like the most gimmick heavy thing possible, right? Like <laughs> uh, we got we got a comment in the Discord that cracked me up. Uh, it, this is, it came from Wakahulu who said, "Imagine giving this to a child," <laughs> which is so funny to me because you know I mean on some level, you you told the story in the original version of this episode where a, a friend mm -hmm. of yours had a child who brought a Game Boy Advance into the bathtub. So it's yeah. like. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It happens. Like kids are are uh, are are going to be dangerous to any console on some level. But Wakahula, I think, hit like this. This thing has three screens. That is three, like a whole extra opportunity for this kid to break an, another, yet another screen that would make this thing completely unusable. Exactly. Yeah. Instantly, as soon as he said that, I was just thinking about this story. I'm just like, kids are going to do weird stuff with the that don't make uh, i stuck batteries into a vcr for no reason i don't know why i don't know what it was gonna do <laughs> i was just like oh there's a slot here batteries can fit why not probably need some batteries right i don't want to i don't want it to run out of energy while i'm trying to watch my uh vhs tapes in here <laughs> exactly i i got this i need this thing to last for my seventh watch through of a goofy movie so oh my better, god what a, chewy see this is the thing this is why I had to have you on this week, right? Because <laughs> you, like me, are an intellectual, you know? And yeah. you, just you're somebody who can match my energy and my my wit and my knowledge base. And you just come out here with an intellectual opinion, like big upping the Goofy movie. And it, it's it's perfectly, uh, it, it, it just absolutely encapsulates why I need you here for the Super Mario Wonder discussion later today. Because... You know, I kind of talked to these casuals, Max and Steve, the last two weeks. It's nice mm -hmm. to have a man of taste on the show. You know, I just wanted yeah, to and, just wanted to throw that out there. You needed somebody with objectively correct opinions. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, there's a reason that when I started this show, you were the other host, right? It's mm -hmm. it's been a real tough time without you. So I'm glad I could bring you on for today because we got some, you know, we got some big stuff to talk about. So here's here's the thing I want to before we move on from this this 4DS monstrosity we've got a couple more things I want to highlight here because I, I want you to take a look at the seventh picture mm -hmm. in their in their layout and it seemingly is showing off the technology of like how these things would connect yeah yeah and it, yeah. it looks like it's like 
almost like a, like a magnetic lock or something and there's like <laughs> a small like a uh, button or like release that you can like press or, or unhook i guess and the screens just like disconnect and then like slide apart i guess mm-hmm. it's so wild to think that they would have something like this with a magnet that close to the screen and it's like <laughs> i mean if anyone can figure out it figure it out it's nintendo but it seems like a very insane design choice. Yeah, th- this so all the descriptions on here outside of like the abstract or so like it's all in Japanese. So I don't, I don't know any of the explanations behind any of this, but like I think this is probably why they're they're going for the patent here just to have this like cuz we know these things are detachable. We know they're going to be able to play two separate ways or i don't know i don't know they're gonna be like separate but doing the same or similar-ish things you know so i'm like how does this communication happen between the screens because usually there's like you know the the ds the the sp the 3ds they all have like ribbon cables going through between the the screen and the like controller portion of the the console right so this is like oh here's this completely new thing we need it to share data in some way and th- this seems like the big part of the patent to me yeah there's there's a lot of questions that are not answered by the uh the english abstract that we get for sure because like that was one of the first questions that i had was like how does this work with regard to like computing power you know it's like yeah if i'm playing this thing by myself I mean, first of all, I guess, do you, how often are you playing it by yourself? Like, is it intended as a, a full-use <laughs> solo console, or is it supposed to be a multiplayer thing? Who's to say? But, I mean, you would think, yes, right? It, it comes in one piece. You should theoretically be able to use it like a regular device, then, you know, break it apart like a Joy-Con and use it as as two. And I think the idea of that, right, like, it makes sense, but when you start to have those conversations about what does that mean for power, what does that mean for output, like, when it's in one piece, does it have more power than when it's in two? Is it technically outputting two different signals to two different devices? Like, you know, can you play two different games on it when it's broke apart? If there's certain kinds of games or there's some games that only work in, you know, the standard configuration. Like, there's a lot of those questions that you'd want answered that we just we just don't, you know. And I'm sure Nintendo wouldn't know, doesn't know at this point, right? Because like you said, you know, when it comes to patents, in a lot of cases... You know, companies patent stuff like this all the time, and it's just to make sure that you have it locked down, right? So that a competitor mm-hmm. can't come out and and do that idea, or that you know, um, maybe you're you're not, you know, that that's not representative of of the fact that this will definitely come to market for sure. But it also isn't necessarily representative that like they've got all the kinks figured out. One of the things that I, I remember you called out yesterday is when you look at the the image of it that looks like the the DS clamshell. Uh, it just has one joystick on it yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. no buttons. So it's like, I'm sure that's not how it would look, right? I'm sure it would have buttons. I'm sure it would have other mm-hmm. ways for you to interact with it and control it. But Yeah, it's like that early kind of switch patent you, you had mentioned last time we recorded where it's just, like, we had that weird oval thing where like the, and it had like the buttons on the, the screen yeah yeah and this this gives off that same impression where it's like the whole thing seems to be like a screen and then there's this little nub like the 3ds nub uh to to control things but like are we just going to be using the screen as like a phone type of thing i'm, I'm imagining 
how prevalent a situation it would be that like the younger sibling gets stuck with the controller that doesn't have a stick on it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> use the touch screen, Junior. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that'll stop them at this point because kids are like just instantly they know how to use phones and tablets and that sort of thing. But uh, but yeah, the, this gives me kind of like those Samsung phone vibes ones that have the big white. Uh, I don't know, kind of the so square like, screen, and they fold in half, yeah. and then the other side's a, the back side's a screen still too, so you could use it like that. It's like, what if your know. phone was secretly a tablet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the other thing too, like with patents, is like they they last twenty years, so Nintendo's got like roughly twenty years to work with this technology and bring something to the market and just like you know stake stake their claim in, in that field, but. But at the same time, it's like, what was Nintendo doing with this thing? You know, because I think back to like what how Nintendo designs its consoles, and it tends to be around like gameplay ideas. The Wii, the whole thing was built around motion control. All of the games had that sort of thing going for it. Um, the Wii U, not not as strong a concept, but you know, the tablet had some sort of some sort of things going on that were like, oh, here's some unique ways to use this tablet in an interesting way. Um, I'd say the bulk of that was seen in like the Nintendo, uh, what was the theme park game again? Land. Nintendo Land. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I keep wanting to call it Nintendo World now because of the theme <laughs> there is one. too. Because <laughs> now there is a theme park. Um, they should have just yeah, called Nintendo. it Nintendo Land, right? Like. Yeah. There's already a game. Like, I, I would have brought that IP back. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Brought I, I like some making money, more I guess. Nintendo games instead of just Mario, but who yeah, knows? you know. <laughs> um, you know, there's going to be some in 2025. They've got a Pokemon parade in Japan. True, true. You know, give them, mm-hmm. give them some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, got, they got Donkey Kong on the way. Zelda is a matter of time, you, too. Yeah, right? Please. Um, Give me, give me like, a... Uh, and, and a, a, a like event that I can pay too much money for, where I can go and pull a master sword out of a, a stone, and then I get to keep <laughs> it. Like that's that's what I need you to let me do. That's that's what I need. But that's that's perfection. <laughs> you mentioned the the Wii U, and and uh, it's kind of interesting to me because this idea does feel like vaguely reminiscent of the Wii U to me. Where mm. yeah, I think even at the time there was some conversation about like how the the Wii U felt like it didn't really have a good vision right where it's like whether you like the wii whether you don't whether you're you're into motion controls or not there was a clear vision for what the wii was and i think it was very easily uh communicated right that like Mm -hmm. this is how motion controls work you'll play wii sports and you'll immediately like you get it right like and it is something that could be communicated over commercials very easily Whereas, like, the Wii U, there was this kind of sense of, like, yeah, kids like tablets, right? Let's put a tablet on it, you know? And, like, it, it, it mm-hmm. felt like that, where it's like, okay, but what what is the, what's the Wii Sports moment? Like, what is the, the, the gameplay innovation where you're going to prove to me why this gimmick makes sense? And uh, lo and behold, right, that never really materialized. And I, I, I kind of, like feel like this has that stink on it a little bit where it's like this feels like an idea that somebody had and they're like wouldn't it be crazy if and then it's like yeah okay how do we make games fun for this thing though it's like oh i don't mm-hmm. know you know we'll figure that yeah, out yeah yeah 20 and, years and, when we have to re-up the patent mm-hmm. and it's definitely in a space where it's like the the switch had that similar thing where it was like oh this clicks like as soon as people saw it at least uh, as soon as most people saw it they're like oh 
you take it with you you put it on your tv easy like that's that's the whole thing that's the big thing it plays like a normal console um but with this one it's just like what is it? Is it is it a 3DS? Is it a DS? Is it a phone? Is it what 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 is it gonna do to my games when you like split these screens and stuff? Is it like taking this concept of you, you get two Joy-Con and you can play together? Is it like what are they gonna go for um, with that sort of thing? I I always think uh, also there there's there's Super Mario Party. Don't get it confused with the good one, Mario Party Superstars. But Super Mario Party had that like one mode. It, it was like you needed two switches. You connected the screens. It was the ta- battle tanks, and you could like slide across yeah. both of them. So it like, I totally told forgot you where they that. were connected. You know, and I'm like, this seems like they're just playing with that concept to some extent. Like you, you're they're connected, but they're not. They're two separate things. I don't know. What if one it console was, just, like, was two? Yeah, what if one console could suddenly become two? So, so but let me ask you this. Do you think this is an idea that has, like, any legs? Because I think we, we've identified the reasons that the, like, it being a two, two consoles in one thing is kind of mm-hmm. weird and it presents some challenges. But I think there's probably a time before the DS where people would have been like, a console with two screens? That's insane. So, <laughs> fair enough. My question is... Is this something that you think has any basis in reality? The idea of them having another dedicated handheld console that wouldn't be a hybrid like the Switch? And then also, do you think that maybe there's like a nostalgia play here, right? Where like, this is a device that if it came out, even if they never put new games on it, it could be a device that existed to, uh, you know, make it so that all of the... DS and 3DS games that they've made over the years aren't, you know, uh, trapped in obscurity on on dead hardware, right? That's increasingly mm-hmm. hard to, mm-hmm. to find and maintain. And, like, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit in our, our episode uh, last night where, like, the DS is only, like, a, about a million, a few million units behind the PS2 for being the best-selling console of all time. And we're, like fast approaching or you know we're already kind of in the early stages of the uh like early aughts nostalgia and there are a lot of kids you know or i say kids right like young adults now uh gen z kids that are that's what they grew up with they were ds people Mm -hmm. right and those are the games that they have nostalgia for those are the games that they're going to want remakes of in the same way that i popped for like a Link's awakening remake Right, and, and, they're, like, and they're the fresh new group on the market with money now. Yeah, too. right. Like, they, they, <laughs> so. exactly. And it's only a couple of years before they're putting all of their hard-earned money in cha- in chasing serotonin from when their brain could produce it organically. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, it, it's a weird one, right? Because there's obviously the grain of salt of like these patents come all the time and nothing comes of them, you know. But like this one got a ton of attention, and you mm-hmm. can kind of see a need for it, even if it is a niche need. And like we talked about it on the Steam Deck podcast maybe a week ago, I think, about how um, maybe it's Analog, maybe it's INEO. It's it's one of those companies. I'll try to look it up. But they're making a, you know, a, a, a DS basically that everyone was like, what an amazing tool as a DS emulator. Like this will become the new de facto way to play these games. And it's like, (laughs) you got to imagine Nintendo is thinking about the fact that we're only a couple years away from, you know, their most successful device ever 
having its nostalgia wave, right? Like, mm-hmm. is this a thing you think you see them committing to on any level? Okay, so uh, let's start with the first part. Does it have legs? Uh, is this something I think... Uh, I think Nintendo has a way of doing things and making them fun. They make it work for them. But I think this console... This this idea right now feels like one of those that isn't going to get picked up by other developers. This is going to be like a strictly... Nintendo's making the games for this thing, at least the games that utilize it the way they want it to be utilized, you know? So this to me feels like a developer nightmare, you know? (laughs) (laughs) There there will be people who want to try it because, you know, developers are also like, they're looking for a challenge. They're looking for something new at times. But for the most part, you know, not everybody is willing to, to spend a hefty amount of time and money developing something for that will possibly not have any traction in the market that was a real benefit of the switch right was like Mm -hmm. you didn't have to have these like specialized development teams or like make games that can only play on this proprietary hardware with a weird setup you know yeah yeah the main thing we know about the wii u is that like it was a development nightmare nobody wanted to make anything for it and then bottom line nobody bought it so there was no no reason no incentive to make something there and, he, and with the DS and the 3DS, I mean, with more so with the DS, I would say, right? Like, there was that massive user base. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe you Second were... Second best-selling console of all time. Yeah, so maybe you Just were making behind a specialized the release, but, like, you know, you, you had confidence that there was going to be a market for it. And, you know, for something like this, it would have to come out and prove itself, I think, before there was any, you know, adoption by third parties. But again, it's like... I think part of the appeal of the DS development or 3DS development was that it was also cheaper. And like Mm -hmm. this theoretically wouldn't be, or at least not that same level of of cheaper. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that we have HD handheld gaming like that, that's already going to up it a lot. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like we're already there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did send Uh, you the link in our chat. Um, If you want to take a look at the, it it was I and Neo was, was the company um, that was working on it. I couldn't remember. And uh, it's called the Ioneo Flip DS, and mm. it's just straight up a DS. Like, yeah, yeah, it, I saw that one. You mm-hmm. look at this, and you're like, ah, I don't know. Like, maybe you know, I, it, it would be interesting to see Nintendo commit to something like that and be like, we're gonna make, you know, this n- niche, you know, maybe retro oriented device to try to speak to that market and, you know, mm-hmm. leverage the DS and 3DS libraries again and be like and re-release all of them at $60 and, you know, go through that whole song and dance. Like Uh you've seen the efforts of, you know, games that like, like Luigi's Mansion 2, right. Um, Mm -hmm. That you brought up last night where it's like, it was dark Moon on the 3ds. And now they've had to spend all this money to recreate it and remove all that functionality and ostensibly make it a different game, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the next thing. So so you're you're totally spot on. I think a lot of the nostalgia for this console is going to be coming back very soon. We're we're deep in the '90s nostalgia right now. The 2000s are right around the corner. So there's, and on top of that, you know, I said it earlier. There's a bunch of people who are going to be entering the consumer market with with some fresh fresh bills to spend. <laughs> and so, yeah, they're they're gonna want to hit that up. But also, I think even beyond that. 
I think as out of left field Nintendo often seems, they do kind of reiterate on a lot of their ideas. They sure. they ta- they bring them back. Like the Wii U, yeah, it wasn't it was a commercial failure and everything, but like that thing had the best eShop around. Like the the things that were available on the Wii U eShop were incredible, and that's honestly where a lot of like DS games have lived up until this point. And you could get so many different things. All the Pokemon Rangers were on there, which I think were like a great touchscreen type of game that like a lot of people might have missed out on and that sort of thing. And those those things just don't work quite the same on the Switch, you know? It's it's a different touchscreen. It doesn't quite uh, feel or play the same way. And so I think they're they're probably looking for some sort of console that can recapture that in an accurate way. Because as much as like people are always saying like, you know, Nintendo doesn't do enough to like pump their their old games or retro games. I don't know. We're we're seeing this era where we've got like the NES, the SNES, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Nintendo sixty four games are all popping up on the retro console and we're thinking like how how do they do this to the to the ds like how do they do this it's, to the it's a real DS? challenge you know because it's mm-hmm. like you you can't do it the way you can with those other games without some major compromises right because like mm-hmm. you know i guess you could always do a thing where it's like all right like we'll, we'll have black bars on the side or you can like <laughs> orient your switch long ways and we'll have two screens or like you could do stuff like that but it's always going to be a little awkward and and it doesn't translate to like the tv like once you once you switch it like that and and like the touchscreen functionality is like not going to be quite the same right because there was like on that screen there were edges there you know there was like I, i don't remember if it was multiple touch inputs on 3ds but i know it wasn't on ds so it's like I don't know. It's just, it, it is tough. And I think unless they do have some kind of, I guess that's where this could be interesting is maybe this isn't a console uh, idea that comes to fruition long-term. And maybe it is like more of a control scheme where you can have like mm-hmm. a special controller that does have a screen in it. And that that yeah. could be how you play these games, you know, um, long-term. Yeah, we'll see the Wii U come back in that sense. I think like, um... that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think Nintendo likes to play with their concepts. They like to like come up with a better way to use them. So even though you know this patent uh, may not come through as like this concept illustrated here, probably some of the ideas will. Like some uh, some of the technology they're doing here might like already like whatever the this like connection between the two separate devices is where they connect via magnet i'm just like that already seems like such a more that's just a more convenient way to plug my switch into the tv god you know? i would like right love now, the dock would love if joy cons work that way right <laughs> like yeah that'd be nice yeah just a magnetized joy con sticks on so i think there's like concepts here that i think will will play a role into Nintendo's future but you know who knows when we'll see them yeah and you know I think that's probably a good note to end it on like you made a comment yesterday about how like the Wii U walked so that the switch could run right like there <laughs> you see that a lot where some of these ideas even if they don't come to pass or even if they they do and they're not all there um you see 
them iterated on and you see them come back in ways that do make sense and do work and kind of realize that vision in a way that that makes sense so who's to say right maybe maybe uh sometime in the switch 2's life cycle we'll get some kind of attachment where you can just snap on a second screen yeah yeah who knows maybe we'll get luigi's mansion 2 deluxe <laughs> <laughs> the dual switch is uh is coming so make sure you're ready for it everybody <laughs> all right so We'll see what happens on this front, right? I, I, it's not one that I'd take to the bank, but we got 20 years to figure it out. So, you know, uh, if you want to come back to me, clip this right now. Come back to me in 2043. And if it's already come out, you can call me a fool. If not, Chewie and I win again. So uh, we're going to talk about some more Super Mario <laughs> Wonder in just a second here. But let me remind you that this episode of Nintendo Noise is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of October. For the last time, they are Arnold J. Rimmer, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Pilkey, Snackygo, Ty the Dude, and Wakahula. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash games. You all the realest of the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of our sister shows. Remember, if you want to go above and beyond and show your support like they did, if you want to write in to the question block just like everybody did for the back half of the show, if you want to go check out some of our sister shows, join the Discord and keep the conversation rolling between episodes, or do a bunch of other cool stuff, guess what? You can do all that and much more by heading to flipscreen.games. That's our website where you will find links to all the places you can find us all over the web, all the ways you can show your support and get involved in the community. However you choose to be a part of Flipscreen Games, we thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nintendo Noise. All right, we're back, Chewie. Super Mario Wonder. Let's, let's gab about it because, you know, here he, I... Love the game so far. I've got mm-hmm. some I've got some critiques that I'm excited to chat with you about. But for you, you 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 platinumed it, you hundred percented it. You were telling me last yeah. night you're gonna get into speed running. So I think it's safe <laughs> to say you like the game. But why don't you give your elevator pitch thoughts for the folks? How how you know, how are you liking it so far? Has it met your expectations, exceeded them? Is it a game of the mm-hmm. year contender for you? Like what what is the vibe on Mario Wonder? Yeah, so I think to start, I think where I was with like a new 2D Mario coming out was that like I don't I felt like we needed something fresh. We needed something new from Mario. We needed something that like updated it in ways that like I feel that genre in general has been updating. Like I'd say the last 2d side scroller i really spent a lot of time on was celeste which was several years ago now you know pretty early switch era game but like that game is just so tight the mechanics were like so well realized it really knew how to challenge players and on top of that like you just died and then instantly we're just back at the beginning of the screen you know like there there was no downtime with that game it was just go 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 and it's crazy like how mo- not punishing that game is for how absolutely difficult it is like it, yeah. it, it kicks your teeth in but it never makes you feel like a loser you know like it's like yeah go again go again like you got it mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly so so with this game i was like how how is mario going to be relevant 
again, at least like 2D Mario, because it feels like a formula that's just like, you, you know, this is re all basically representative of the dawn of video games here. We're talking like 40 years or so. Well, and, and even like the, the second wave of platformers that you're talking about, it, it's become very, very hip to talk shit about the new Super Mario Brothers. But like, go back to 2004, 2006, whatever it was when the first one dropped and 2D platformers were basically a dead genre. And mm -hmm. it was New Super Mario Brothers that brought it back. So, like, as much as the OG couple games, like you said, are representative of, like, the dawn of gaming, I feel like the New Super Mario Brothers were the thing that kicked off the renaissance of, of 2D platformers. And then it felt like it kind of got left behind, you know? Yeah, because it stayed there. It stayed yeah, New it Super Mario innovate. Brothers. <laughs> yeah, New Super Mario uh -huh. Brothers is four games, and it's like the first one looks like the fourth one, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was just like, I'm, I'm ready to see something fresh with Mario. And I mean, they, they threw every idea they had into this game and they just like let you try so many things between like the wonder seeds, the badges, and just like new levels, new enemies, a lot of stuff that really reworked how you platformed in a Mario game. And I think those parts are really cool. They're super... I mean, I had fun with it. I had fun going through every every level and obviously 100%ing it because I was like, oh, my, I mean, I'm already there three worlds in. Might as well just keep going with this. That's how I've been so, playing, too. It's like I'm enjoying spending the time to find the secrets and, you know, um, flip all the stones over and see, like, see what the game has to show me, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's been one of the so, most fun innovations, I think, is like, I was a little iffy about like removing the time pressure, you know, and like what that mm -hmm. would mean for the game. And I think the fact that they've doubled down on secrets and exploration and being like, yeah, there's no time limit because we want you to take your time and look around is mm -hmm. cool. You know, like that is a cool innovation. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of leads me into like kind of where, where I'm sitting with the game. I think this was definitely a Mario game that was like, let's try a lot of different things. Let's see how many ideas we can really like work with and create into something that's like captivating, you know? And at the same time, I think because they took that direction, there's some ideas that you're like, man, I wish I could have seen this a lot more. I wish I could have seen this in some different, uh, different challenges because there there's really a lot that they could have worked with and typically Nintendo is like they they focus gameplay first when they design anything or when they're making a game and they'll just like come up with like one sort of like gameplay mechanic and then they just use that throughout and they build upon it and this game it feels different because it, it doesn't necessarily do that it just kind of like takes you into the next thing and you're like all right now try this like it, it was just it, it was a lot of surprises and i think in some cases they were great they were or they worked really well and in others i get through a level and i'm like was this a platformer even like what was this like mario jump avoid death type of things that i'm used to in a mario game you know so so yeah i i think a lot of great ideas a lot of a lot of fun things that came of it but then also like some of them I wish they explored so much more. So that that is a great uh, transition into a question we got from uh, Andrew Valentine over on the Discord that is something I touched on last week, but, you know, uh, Steve being a more, like, casual 2D platformer fan and, like, a more casual Mario fan, um, 
I, he didn't really have a reaction to 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 what I what I'm about to throw at you, and I, and I think mm-hmm. you will. Um, so like, you know, I I was mentioning to Steve last week. He he came in and was like, "Oh, I was so convinced you were going to come in here and be like, this is the best 2D Mario ever, right?" <laughs> and you know, I think it's important to say again, I really like this game. You know, I, I think it's it's very, very good. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's it's going to be on my shortlist for Game of the Year, I'm sure. Um, and also, I think I agree with you about, I guess, the... I, I said last week that it has, like, almost like a carnival uh, kind of mm. vibe to mm-hmm. it, where it's, it's just yeah. the next thing, right? And... It, it ends up feeling like sometimes the the gimmick of the game or the innovation of the game is gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so let me read this question. This one comes from Andrew Valentine over on the Discord. You said, thinking about the legacy of this game, how do you think it holds up as a platformer? How does it hold up if you take out the wonder effects? And <laughs> I, I think that is ultimately my, like, largest criticism of the game stems from that because i broadly like the wonder seeds i think that there are a lot of them that are really cool um some of the perspective shifting stuff you know some of the 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 stuff that is just like a a good joke or like a good moment you know there are a lot that work but i think when every level feels pressured to like create its own kind of like jump up superstar moment it makes all mm-hmm. of them feel less special, and it makes the ones that are, like, half-baked stick out worse. And I think mm-hmm. it's on top of the fact that every level already kind of feels like a gimmick, right? And it's like, what what is the gimmick on this level, right? And it's, you know, this is the one where, you know, uh, this is the one where you're on the, the platforms that count down, right? Or, like, mm-hmm. this is the one where you know, there's the bouncing hippos or this is the one where, you know, uh, you're getting, you have to uh, run alongside that little gopher guy that like throws the seeds at you. And Mm -hmm. when every level just ends up feeling like what's the next gimmick. And then on top of that, you have what's the wonder seed gimmick. You end up having a lot of good ideas you know, some are are definitely much better than others, and you end up being, like, disappointed that you're not exploring the better ideas more and that it is so motivated <laughs> by just kind of what is the next thing that we're going to throw at you or what's the next thing that we're going to shove in your face. And, you know, I, I'm wondering... <laughs> let's see what I did there. Um, <laughs> how How you feel about that? Because the... I've been thinking about it a lot this week, and I think the games that really solidified it for me were were thinking about Mario Odyssey and Tears of the Kingdom, right? Where Mm -hmm. both of those are games that take established formulas, right? One is 3D Mario, and one is Breath of the Wild, right? And introduces a, a gameplay gimmick. You know, we have, like, Cappy and the ability to, like, take over other creatures and then have these different traversal powers, which is obviously like a fundamental change to the way that Mario moves, which is all of the gameplay. Um, And then with Tears of the Kingdom, it's like, okay, we're going to take Breath of the Wild and we're going to, you know, add Tonka trucks to it, you know? And and you can 
solve problems through building and creating weapons and things like that. And what I like about gimmicks like that are what you touched on where they are fundamental system level gimmicks that like fundamentally change the way that you interact with the environment, the way that you yeah. solve problems, the way that you think about how you can traverse the the map or or whatever, right? It's like I see a moon up there. I'm going to take over a creature that has a high jump or that can fly or you know, I'm in Zelda and I need to get to the top of a mountain and instead of climbing, I'm going to build a rocket. Like that is the type of like core fundamental shift that I think Nintendo does so well, where it's like, how do you breathe life into a new formula? You add something meaningful to it. And you can see that in games like Mario 2, where rather than jumping on an enemy and, and crushing them, like you have to pick them up and throw them. And like that fundamentally mm -hmm. changes the way you interact with enemies or, or the world in general. You you have the secrets to discover that you see in that or in 4, right? Or like you, or, uh, the, the way that the, the map connects in world. And those are things that like, change the way that you think about the environment because you're looking for secrets or you're looking for, you know, things that are going to take you to a, a path you haven't seen before. And those are the types of changes that end up giving the game a real sense of identity. And it's the reason that, you know, Mario 1, 2, and 3 and World all feel like totally different games and not a series of four sequels like New mm -hmm. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. So with this game... I feel like because the Wonder Seeds are its core identity, it ends up feeling like a really fun grab bag of ideas, but not maybe the fundamental step forward that I think, you know, fans like you and I were maybe looking for for Toonie Mario, right? Aesthetically, mm -hmm. artistically, musically, there's a ton of innovation and a ton of risks. And those things, I think, all pay off really well. And I think that's part of why people are responding to it so well. But I think, you know, that core question that Andrew has here of like, how does it hold up as a platformer? I think that's tougher to answer without caveat. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah. So, I mean, when you ask about like legacy of the game, I think that like that's going to naturally bring in like just you have to contextualize the game a bit as far as like when it's releasing the audience at the time, kind of what has happened into the series up until that point. So, you know, like I was saying earlier, like how is, how is Mario going to be relevant in the 2d space now? You know, like what, what is it going to do that like makes it still stand out as one of the great platformers? Right. And you know, we're we're going going into this game. People were tired of new Super Mario Bros. We've had this for I don't know over over a decade at this point. <laughs> so it, it's been a long time that we've had the same kind of style of Mario. The, the, those ideas have been played out for a lot of the fans, right? And going into this, I'm like, okay, so we're we're seeing new concepts here. We're seeing the badges. We're seeing the Wonder Seeds, and all of these have the ability to like fundamentally change how we look at a Mario level, how we explore it. And I do think to an extent they they this did change it. Like a lot of the action badges with the the different powers and stuff, those really changed how I looked at a level and how I traversed a level. Um things like the even 
the the basic one the parachute cap which i think is like the first one you unlock and kind of use i use that through most of the thing because it felt like a little bit like the the cappy change to 3d mario where you threw the cap you could jump on it and this one it was like you jumped up but then you just got like a little bit of an extra jump with the cap it wasn't it wasn't a full jump more but it was enough to be like oh this this makes it different this this lets me reach places that i couldn't before with my with my own thing and so Instead of the characters having their own personalized attributes and how they controlled and moved and everything, everybody moved the same, but like what changed the gameplay was the cap or the the badge rather that you equipped into the level. So I think I think there were like cool ways to play with that and everything. Um, but as far as like how it holds up as a platformer, I, I think you're right. There there's some caveats because I think. There's several levels that I went through, and I just kind of, like, I, I naturally went through it. I didn't really look for the Wonder Seed. Maybe I didn't reach it at the end. And then I, I reached the end of the level, and I'm like, that was it? This barely felt like a platforming game in this sense. So I think they really went into, like, the exploration aspect to these games to really pull out kind of the more fun, right? Uh, which is a different way to look at Mario fundamentally because like up until now it's always been about the running and the jumping you know that that was it <laughs> you you jump you you jump over gaps and avoid getting defeated by enemies right so i think as far as like the question of like how does this hold up if you take out the wonder effects for the vast majority of the game i don't think it does like i think the wonder effects like the levels were built around it but I think you reach the special world in this game and you really start to see like how this game could have shaped out had it been more focused around the platforming. Had it been, I think there was one special world where I was like, that, that one I didn't care for. But the rest of them, I was They're just really like, tough. these, and these are awesome. so hard. It's these so are incredible. Cool how yeah. dynamic and difficult and challenging they are. Yeah, and they really build up on some of the concepts we're introduced to earlier. And that was just like, oh, okay, this is what you are able to make. If you were to really take these concepts and make them a huge challenge, um, the the final, final special level, which is which they call it that, the final, final challenge, I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you do a final challenge, and then another one unlocks, and you're like, oh, this is the final, final there's no there's no wonder seed gimmick in that last one it is strictly like platforming and you you know it builds on some of the the stuff that you've done without the wonder seeds and you're just like wow i would i just i kept playing through it and i was just like i would play a hundred levels that were like this <laughs> like <laughs> they were just so strong as concepts as as a platformer you know so so like that that's where it gets complicated like how do you think this holds up as a platformer i think there are ideas in here that i'm like yes this is a really cool way to iterate on mario platforming i think there's some actual like really strong concepts here that you can build on and make a full game out of every single badge in in this game i'm like i think there could be whole worlds dedicated to this concept you know yeah and um that is i think one of my biggest disappointments is wishing that they had doubled down on some of the ideas more, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm at a point in the game 
Um, I'm about halfway through. Like, I, I'm because uh, there's what seven worlds overall. I'm like mm-hmm. probably a little more than halfway through. I'm almost done with World it, War. I think it's eight total if you include the the special world. Okay, so so again, I'm like about halfway in, and I, I'm getting to a point where I've seen some ideas recycled like once or twice, but like not not as much as I'd like, you know. And when mm-hmm. you have some ideas that work so well, and then others that are like fine to to mid you get that sense of like, man, it would be so cool to double down on the ideas that work and have maybe 25% less ideas for the game overall and then mm-hmm. iterating on them a little bit more and having another level where there's, you know, um, more vertical platforming or more of a free fall or more of, you know, the perspective shift stuff. And like it, I, I think that, I think the the if I could boil down what it is I want differently moving forward, right? Because I think this was definitely a big swing and what they needed to, you know, give the the IP a shot in the arm and then help it find a new identity again. I also want to see them focus a little more on the next one. And I would love mm-hmm. to see, again, that kind of core shift in in gameplay or in level design or something like that rather than yeah, yeah trying to just give us so much new that everything <laughs> feels a little muddy yeah and i think i do think you know th- this also calls back to contextualizing the game too because we're sitting here pr- this is probably the last full year of the switch right sure. we're, we're probably going to get a new console at some point next year if and if not next year it might be like early the following year you know like I, I people are expecting it and so i think to some extent like this really they wanted to go for kind of like let's let's just make some really great hits with this game like let's try a bunch of different things it's the end of the console life you know let's give the people a reason to buy a switch this holiday because you know there's not going to be much of a reason pretty soon (laughs) um you know there's going to be a new shiny toy out there that people are going to gravitate to naturally so i think with this game they were they were they felt willing to like play with this because this this feels like very different from Nintendo. Like we're so used to seeing them take a concept and iterate, reiterate, just keep working that into the game and building upon it. You know, so this one felt like let's try a lot of things. Let's see what people connect with. Let's maybe you know set ourselves up for the next the next uh, game. What what our next two D concept is going to be? Do you and, think we're going to get a you know, wonder too? You know, I don't know if we'll get a wonder to, but I think we'll we'll get something that like applies a lot of these types of things. Because I'm also thinking like, you know, Bowser's Fury. We haven't seen a 3D Mario. We're we're likely gonna see one. I would expect at launch with the next console. Like, there's gotta Probably. be something big that comes out. And we got the the big Zelda that took five years to make already at the end of this one. So yeah, what, two what are they gonna launch we got with? Two big five year Zeldas in a row. Yeah, two big five year <laughs> Zeldas. Um, so I'm like, they don't have time to make a Zelda. I think the 3D Mario is probably going to launch with this this next one. It's overdue so like, too, right? I mean, Odyssey was oh for seventeen sure. at this point. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's it's time for for another one. So so I think of like Bowser's Fury that had like a lot of these new concepts where like oh suddenly you could hold power ups and and that sort of thing. You have this open world type of style, you know. So I think 
you know, they're, they're, they're playing, they're playing with, with a lot of concepts. They're seeing like, what, what is going to be the next direction? And I think to contextualize it, like we're at the end, they probably just want to hit us with the, with the best, like some of the best ideas they came up with and, you know, give us a reason and give it, give us something to enjoy, like the, the final year of the switch with. So, so I think that to me is a little bit of the context there, but I'm trying to remember what I, what I wanted to say to a bit earlier. Um, no, I don't, I don't know. It, it kind of left me. Think about it. We got <laughs> but, a couple questions I want to answer real yeah. quick before we wrap up. Uh, so the first one comes from Trendy Brendy over on the Discord. He said, what order did y'all do Desert, Fungi, Mines, and Lava Worlds in? I was grabbing every Wonder Seed <laughs> I could and was able to go to World 6 Lava before doing Worlds 4 and 5, just to spice things. Um, I've been doing it just in order so far. I'll probably play with mm -hmm. that a little bit more in replays. But for the first one, um, I said this to you yesterday, like when I got to the the uh, the extra challenge world the first time, there's like a way you can get up to it right at world two. And I was like, mm -hmm. this is awesome. I'm going to come back because <laughs> I just, the chops weren't there yet. So that's kind mm -hmm. of how I've been mm -hmm. doing it is like, I don't want to go to world six and then have world four and five feel like they're too easy, you know? So I'm kind yeah. of just enjoying the ride for right now. How about you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I just kind of like went wherever I ran into. I think World 4 is particularly nice. I think a lot of people have gotten to that one and been like, wow, this is what an overworld should be, like a level select screen should be, because there's like yeah. a lot more little exploration and some secrets to run into in that one. But yeah, I would just like run around each area because the, there, there's a mix of like, there's the paths, right, that take you from one point to another. But then there's also, like, the more free-roaming little sections. And I'd just, like, run around those and see see how far I could get without unlocking any Wonder Seeds. And then I'd be like, all right, well, that's what I found. I'm going to go and play these levels now. So I'd just, like, I, I'd go to whichever ones. And, you know, they have a mix of levels, too. There's, like, the, the classic levels that you run through. And then there's the other ones that are, like, here's a badge challenge. Here's this, like weird hide and seek type of thing like find find all the treasures to to get the reward <laughs> you know so I, I i don't know there's a lot of stuff that mixed it up it didn't never feel like i was doing the same thing and you know as much as we we have kind of said like there, there's a little bit of a detriment to that i think there's also like oh th this game is fresh constantly like you're yeah. constantly being drawn in by some some new idea that that can take you so for me it was just like i ran into something i'd play it and then i'd go to the next one so yeah i don't know if it was necessarily in order but i did spend you know obviously i was pretty thorough with everything i wanted to i wanted to Find all the things and buy all the standees. You and those that... standees. You love a gotcha game. Yeah, yeah. They get me. It takes me back to, you know, childhood, leaving the grocery store, seeing the quarter machine and being like, can I have a quarter? I need a sticky hand. Like, real bad. Like, yeah. that's the only thing that's going to satisfy Ch me. Childhood, right? <laughs> right? Not not you and your wife at the grocery store three days ago when you asked her for <laughs> I, a quarter for a sticky it, hand? It would be if they had them. Like, I'm always looking around. You got to go to a crappier grocery machines. store. The crappier that's the grocery true. store, the more likely they are to still have one has is, is been my, what I've figured out. The worst grocery mm -hmm. store in my area definitely still has one. Quarter machines. That's where they make the money, you know? There's a bodega um, around the corner from me that has one, too. And they've got, <laughs> like, Marvel stickers and sticky hands and all kinds of good stuff. 
for sure. Um, so yeah, like the standees, uh, you spend flower coins on them. You could get a random one for 10 or in the special world, there's a, a shop where you can get a brand new one for 30 and it'll be for like a specific character. Um, so as soon as I saw like 999 was the max flower coins, I was like, oh, I better start spending these. Just got to, got to get all the standees. There's 144 of these puppies. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was a really fun thing that kept me going for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, every, every concept was fresh. Um, some of them they did iterate on and, I gotta tell you the the final final world. I'm, I want you to get to that to just see like, oh, this is this is what is possible. I with got these you ideas. to yesterday commit to doing a spoiler cast with me at the end of the year. I want to do. I basically want to do a spoiler cast for every one of our game of the year contenders. As, so you'll have to mm -hmm. come on and we can chat about it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it's solid. I I can't wait for more people to see that that specific world you got me the, excited about that it, level for sure I, I, i'm i'm uh I'm, I'm eager to get to it now mm -hmm. um probably only a couple more sessions honestly I, i'm thinking i'm gonna beat this and spider-man this week i'm like very close oh, nice. on spider-man nice. so i'm thinking by next week i'll have them both wrapped up yeah uh, two games same day <laughs> same day and that also happened to be the weekend of my wedding anniversary so i was like Ooh. oh my god come on it's too much stuff for me in one weekend guys <laughs> I was away the whole weekend. I'm like, uh, it was like every night, you know, Sarah always goes to sleep a couple hours before me. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll play some wonder at midnight. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but hey, we, 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 we persevere. Uh, so this next question, it's, uh, it's technically a two-parter, but uh, it's, it's, it's a couple questions from Andrew Valentine that I'm shoving together. Okay. Uh, first is favorite badge, wonder effect, and new enemy we'll start there all right favorite badge i'd say i played most of it using the the parachute cap but i think the ones that really introduced the most unique types of uh platforming for me were the grappling vine which was like very cool you know hook shot links hook shot samus's what do they, they just call it like grapple beam shot i don't know beam yeah. shot grapple yeah i beam, forget probably a grapple beam i think yeah um or i i always just called it the tarzan one i was yeah, like just swinging on the vines like tarzan phil collins um <laughs> yeah so that that that's the one that i thought was like oh this is like definitely a new way to look at mario platforming i think there's some really cool different things they could have done i wish they could have played with it more that was one where i was like yes give me give me more grapple vine um the other one that I really connected to was the Jet Run badge. I think that one popped up in some fun badge challenges. And it had, I think the, this one, it took me a bit to wrap my mind around it as a platforming mechanic. Because, you know, after 30-some years of playing some Mario games or whatever, like... I know I have to jump before I reach the end of the platform or I'm going to fall off. <laughs> totally. But with this one specifically, <laughs> it's like you run and you're running so fast that you've got a little bit more time before you can hit that jump button. So you you could do like a midair jump and they did some really cool things with that where it was like, oh, I, I kept missing jumps just because I was used to my, my old ways, you know? And then this was like, <laughs> oh, now I got this fresh brain on me. I, I, I know how to approach these levels in a different way. It's cool. Those have been my favorites is is the stuff like that. Like I, those are, are both great call outs. And I think for me, um, the vertical like the wall jump 
one yeah, has yeah, been yeah. one of my favorites, and it's for the same reason, right? Like, I like that it fundamentally changes the way that you interact with the world. I like that you mm-hmm. can use it to find new secrets. That's been my favorite um, badge-specific levels so far. I called those out last week of, like, that vertical, like, very tight precision platforming is, like, yeah. something that you're not super used to in a Mario game. It's not never happened before, right? But it's usually saved for, like, boss levels and stuff, you know? It's, like, that <laughs> that really, like, tight, hard stuff. So that that was super fun for me, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, the parachute cap is another one I've I've used quite a bit. And, like... I don't know that I'd call it a favorite, but the dolphin kick makes underwater levels so much less irritating. So I do like that yeah. quite a bit too. Yeah, that, oh man, they needed a change with underwater levels. And it's never it felt was to great, the extent, you know? I, yeah, it never did. And it, uh, But this dolphin badge, it was even to the extent where I was like, I don't feel like there were enough water levels in this game. <laughs> like, they <laughs> nice. actually could have made more for once because this this badge totally changes how you... Ha- they're, they're just so much more bearable, but also, like, they introduce some, like, more um, challenging I- concepts underwater than yeah. just, like casually trying to trying to float by the the enemies <laughs> and then you don't have your fireballs to actually knock them out so you're actually avoiding them <laughs> i don't know that that was boring uh, after a while yeah but. i like that it gives you more maneuverability and it lets them set up like different kinds of obstacles because you can break mm-hmm. through blocks and stuff you know like the underwater race you have with wiggler i was like oh this is really fun you know like that's yeah. that's a really yeah. good side level mm-hmm uh, so favorite wonder effect. I think for me, it, it's the it's the it's an easy answer. It's the perspective shift one. Like I think yeah. that was one that mm-hmm. really stuck out in the trailer. And when I got to it in game, it was a really cool moment, you know. And it, um, it's like the first time you go into two D in Odyssey, and you're like, oh whoa, like yeah, it's it's a cool moment, you know. And and it immediately, you you start thinking about how the levels designed and how. You know, it recontextualizes the way that enemies attack and that, like, you can't jump on them. And it, it just, it, it's a good uh, way to kind of, like, break down the formula and then rebuild it and do something different. And and that, like, challenges you to think a little bit differently, you know? Yeah. And I want to say, was it? I think one of those does introduce a time limit, too, where you yeah, have to reach the, the goal at the right time. Where it's like there's a time limit and you need to get through it in a certain amount of time or you'll fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, as as stressful as time limits can be in games, I know a lot of people are turned off by them. I think, you know, the, they did it in a good way here where it was like, it's not every level has a time limit, which, you know, Mario levels, they tended to have like time limits that were just way too long. Like you were going to finish within that limit. But with this one, it was like, oh, the, I, I like that added bit of tension, you know, a, a little bit of tension to just like give you give you you know something to sweat about especially because <laughs> the wonder effects are like so random that's like kind of cool that it's like oh mm-hmm. like this is a controlled thing that's happening and you need to figure it out and get to the end and get the seed or try again yeah yeah i think there's a there's a few musical wonder seeds that i think are, are the, fun i think a lot of people will enjoy them the just so random one is so good yeah. that was one of my favorites right off the bat i was like oh this game is delightful that's like yeah, the, you see the, it early the first on. word I use to describe it every time is delightful. 
Uh-huh. Uh, you see that concept a couple more times uh, later on, so th there's some fun ones. And then the other one I really liked, I like the ones that really introduce a lot of chaos. So the one, like the hippos or the uh, whatever gets blown up into big balloons and they just start like bouncing yeah. you all over the or place. But there's like the those bubble really one fun. that's like that too, where you're like, you're having yeah, to bounce yeah. off the bubbles as you go. Like I, those mm -hmm. ones are a lot of fun just because they're like chaotic and they're not, yeah. they're not tough, but they're like, they're There's enough fun. randomness in in your jumps and how you're getting flung around that you're like, oh, I gotta actually like pay attention to where I'm gonna land. Here. Yeah, yeah. It's so. like it, it it forces you to pay just enough attention to like get involved and engaged, and enjoy it, you know, and and like mm -hmm. be in the moment, which I think is cool. Yeah. Uh, for new enemies, uh, I had a couple. Uh, the Skedaddler is one that I really like. He's like the the little like squirrel with the Yoshi <laughs> yeah, butt, yeah. and he like throws so nuts cute. at you. Um, the mm -hmm. Roller uh, Koopas I like a lot. They're like they have like pink shells and roller skates for the Koopa Troopas. Mm -hmm. They're super mm -hmm. cute. Mm -hmm. um, that's I would buy that amiibo yesterday. Like, also <laughs> give me a Super Mario Wonder amiibo. What, what's going on, Nintendo? Uh, yeah. And then the Mama was another one I liked, which is, like, the little, like, salamander guy. And, like, they eat yeah. all the stuff that, like, is on the level, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I didn't look any of the names up to any of them. But there's one that's, like, a little grapple vine um, monster in World 5. And it does, it does a I couple things. Like, it's hanging from the ceiling. It has a vine, like, hanging down. And then it also drops, like spike balls out of its head like that uh, that's the whole thing so there's a couple things that happen when you interact with them you got to jump on their vine you got to avoid them dropping the spike ball on you but when you jump on them you kind of yank them off the ceiling but it also like lets you swing very much like tarzani once again <laughs> but you swing to the next one and so there's like some platforming sections to get over gaps and like you're you're trying not to get hit you're trying to make it across with those jumps that one was really cool um but then this also reminded me there are some wonder seed effects that have you transform into some enemies and Ooh. those sections are awesome. are very nice. I've done that. Yet. <laughs> there, there's one in particular that I was like this is great. This is uh, it's one of my favorite Mario enemies of all time. Um that everybody recognizes them. I won't I won't spoil it, but you transform into one and that level is, is just fun. It's just a fun way to like platform through a level or maybe like the, the negative platforming that you do makes it, gives it that extra challenge. It's really cool. <laughs> um, love it. But yeah, lots of, I love how they just like designed a bunch of new enemies. They, they really went all out with like bringing some new, some new baddies and villains to take on. So yeah, th that was a good point of creativity for the team. I love it. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up there for the day. Chewy, thank you for joining me, <laughs> not once, but twice Again. to talk about yes. Super Mario Wonder. Uh, we're, of course, going to have to have you back a lot in the next couple of weeks. We got WarioWare. We got Super <laughs> Mario RPG. It is a Nintendo season, and I am going to uh, make sure that you're here to talk about these games. Mm-hmm. I it was great. I mean, it was so wonderful. We got to do it twice for sure. The show so nice. We recorded it twice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, everybody, make sure you show Chewy some love. Thank him for coming and hanging out with us, and uh, make sure that we uh, convince him to come back for the next couple weeks because we got plenty of Nintendo talk to have these next couple weeks. And you know, 
if I'm going to stay sane, I need somebody who I can talk to, you know? Yeah. Like, Sierra's out being a rock opinions. star. These <laughs> British guys, you know, they're fine, I guess, but. I need, I need, I need my boy Chewy. All right, if we're gonna, if we're gonna <laughs> make it through these next couple of weeks, that's that's what I need. So, uh, make sure you go and uh, head over to flipscreen.games. That's the website where you can find all the ways that you can get involved. You can show your support on Patreon. You can join the Discord and keep the conversation rolling between episodes. You can write into the question block just like everybody did this week. Thank you so much for all the uh, Mario questions that we got uh, from everybody over on the Discord. However, you choose to get involved or show your support. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nintendo Noise. And uh, for the crew, I've been Pete. He's been Chewy. We'll see you next week.